stay hungry, stay foolish. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream to one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Hello and welcome back to the Knowledge is Power podcast. I'm your host, Max Willett, and I know it's been a little while, but I got another great guest for you on the podcast today. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be great. Hi, my name's Jennifer Mello, and I'm the owner of Infinity Fitness and Wellness in Warwick, Rhode Island. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you guys had actually reached out to me, which is yes. awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, I looked on your website and I read up a little bit about you, and it's you have an amazing story. Um, so without further ado, I mean, let's just, let's just get right into it. Let's get right into your, your life story, your background, you know, where you grew up and, uh, how you got to where you are in your life today. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, well, basically, um, depending on how far back, um, <laughs> I, uh, grew, I grew up in East Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I'm still currently there. Um, I got my, um, played softball, basketball, Soccer, so I was very athletic, karate, all that. Um, always had a passion for fitness and athletics. Um, since I was five, I started karate. Um, and then I just um, got into physical therapy in the 90s, so definitely showing my age now. <laughs> um, and it's I've always been in the field of helping people. Uh, and while I was doing physical therapy, I actually started to work out with a trainer myself, um, just to keep a balance, um, and for Bally at Bally's Total Fitness, and they actually wanted me to come work for them. So I, uh, went in there and I found that my passion was very strong for the mm-hmm. fitness field, um, and during that time, um, I also loved working with kids and coaching, so I decided to go back to college, get another degree in physical education, health, and adaptive. Mm-hmm. And from that, um, I did that for a little bit with some some coaching as well, and then opened up my own business about 22 years ago um, at BIA Fitness. Um, and that's where the journey started as far as, um, owning my own gym and helping people with mm-hmm. all different health needs. Very cool. So, I mean, what made you want to get into like the fitness industry? Um, I think for me, just because I was always active, yeah. um, I just loved being active as a kid, mm-hmm. as a young adult, I played college ball and, and so forth when I did go to school. Um, and then working with a trainer and then being exposed to that gym atmosphere, um, I really enjoyed the adrenaline of, of all of it. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, once I started personally training people, for all different reasons, whether it was to get off medication, lose weight, bodybuilding, any of that, I was definitely driven to continue that journey of helping. Um, so I still am currently licensed to do physical therapy as well as uh, my teaching credential, um, but I just kind of took that and brought it into my own thing. Um, so I still work with athletes mm-hmm. and I rehab people and Mm -hmm. at the same time i get to train people for other reasons very cool so i mean which part of your business do you enjoy the most if you do all those different types of things um i definitely enjoy working with the people as opposed to being a business owner (laughs) i don't like the admin part of it um but it's um it's just seeing people reach a goal that they never thought they could Mm -hmm. you know i i had one client um who was watching the spartan races which are obstacle races yeah on the couch who had a lot of different illnesses and she was referred to me her goal was to do one spartan and um as a result i started working with her and her illnesses were pretty severe um and in that one year i got her to complete a 
uh, spot and trifecta, which means you have to complete the sprint, the super, and the beast, which Mm -hmm. if anybody knows what the Spartans are, they're pretty brutal. (laughs) Um, So it's stuff like that that drives me to try to excel in what I do. Um, taking people from something they're like, oh, I can't possibly do that and showing them, yeah, you possibly can, no matter what age they are. Cool. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your teaching okay. experience. Uh, my mom's a teacher. Oh, okay. She's been <laughs> teaching since she got out of college for almost 30 years now. Right. Um, and she loves it. I mean, obviously, teaching, has, especially in the past couple of years, has gotten really difficult. Yes. Uh, so... What was, can you explain your experience as a teacher? And Yeah, sure. I, um, well, I love kids yep. in general, um, all ages, doesn't matter. So wh- I went um, back to college and got my degree at Rhode Island College. Mm-hmm. Um, got my bachelor's in education. And basically from there, I went to Lincoln Girls School on the east side. And I worked from pre-K straight up through high school. Okay. Um, And just the way I worked with the kids was just fun. I always incorporated fitness, so that's the funny part, you know, as far as um, teaching them, you know, walking and pedometers and and mile runs and things like that. So it was um, fulfilling to watch the little ones. Mm -hmm. Um, try to experience, you know, how you can actually be so active and there's benefits to it, but they just thought it was a lot of gameplay, you know? (laughs) Um, so it was, it was great to, to see that. And, and I really did enjoy it a lot. Um, plus I did coaching, um, with the middle school and high schoolers too. So, um, it's just basically keeping, I love keeping kids active, focused, um, and making them, too, just like the adults that I work with, um, realize that if there's something you really want to try or really want to do, nothing can stop that. You know, you just got to put your Absolutely. mind to it and do it. And it's good to have somebody in your corner with that. Yeah, I mean, especially now, like, it seems like kids don't get out and be a kid anymore. It's no. all on the computer and mm-hmm. playing video games. It's it's kind of sad because, I mean, I've, I coached. Uh, baseball and I just see it it's like some of these kids like never go outside no <laughs> other than baseball <laughs> they never go outside so it's it's sad and it's great to hear that somebody like you was into it and now is still trying to reach right people and and spread that message yeah it's pretty cool as far as um because I take how I grew up sort of mm-hmm. like you and yeah. you know begging and pleading to go outside yeah <laughs> And we could stay out to the streetlights we're on, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, you know, having a son of my own, I was like, um, kids got to get a little bit more active, you know. Yeah. But we have the phones, we have the video games, and that's where they are. <laughs> it's incredibly addictive, and mm-hmm. it's, it's sad. But, I mean... Somebody like me, I, I love the outdoors. My dad's mm-hmm. from northern Maine. Oh, jeez. So he grew up... like. I joke whenever people come down from Providence and say, hey, you know, sorry, I live in the sticks. He truly lived in the sticks. You know, you're talking 45, 50 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour to Canada. Wow. Where he lives. Yeah. Or lived. Uh, and has my grandparents are still up there. But I love the outdoors. I don't understand how ki- how people just sit inside. Like, like I'm here most of the day at my mm-hmm. office, uh, you know, typing emails, working with 3d printers and whatnot and like during the weekends i want to go golfing i want to fish you know even during the week i like golfing and i want to go coach baseball because i love like like in here is just not the same it's a box right it is (laughs) you You know that breath of fresh air (laughs) like you ever you ever just catch yourself sitting outside just like taking a deep breath and like this is great like this is what yes. life is about it's not about sitting inside you know four walls with ac and and that's something know. i try to teach my son yeah. um being a boy um and he's almost 18 now but it was always oh i want to play games or on his phone but the good thing was you know i think parents need to foster that yeah so it was like yeah you can do that but you're gonna go out and you're gonna Absolutely. skateboard a little There's bit a happy and you're medium. gonna play some basketball and you're gonna you know get some 
because I don't think people realize what the outdoors can do mentally mm-hmm. for someone as well as physically. Well, and, I mean, mentally, think about it. If you're inside all the time, you're in a box. Mm-hmm. You're outside all the time. It's you get endless the possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it it probably it just makes you a happier person. One hundred percent. You know, and if you get hurt, it's whatever. You get up and you deal with it, and yeah. you get, you're not gonna get. You know, they'll only thing you're gonna get playing xbox is finger cramps or something <laughs> yeah. like that or you Absolutely. ran you ran out of chips so you gotta you gotta pause you can't pause live games so you gotta run out there and grab <laughs> and trust me i'm i'm not saying that i have never sat down and played like when covid first started mm-hmm. you know college was online and it, like the teachers weren't like they didn't know what to do they had never really done it before so right. college was like you're paying all this money. You're like, this is kind of a waste of time. I'm not really learning <laughs> yeah. anything. So it's like, I'd sit there for hours sometimes just mm-hmm. playing video games. And that's, and it's, it's almost, it's interesting. COVID is what basically was a catalyst for starting my business. Oh, wow. Because I was sitting on my Xbox playing video games all day. I'm like, is this really what I'm going to do? <laughs> like, who knows when this is going to end? Is this is what I'm going to do f- <clears throat> for God knows how long, right. you know? So uh, I really decided to start building my business more and I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I'm one of the lucky ones who could say COVID pushed me to, to start my own business. 100%. So I'm, in, I'm insanely lucky. I understand that it affected a lot of people in negative ways. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly lucky. But I'd love to hear about your time in the WNBA. Okay. So basically what happened with that was I was coaching for um, Our Lady of Fatima basketball team. Okay. And because um, I was there, they had this award based on, you know, things that you did in the past. Like I played college ball and um, Mm -hmm. I coached for a long time and I was awarded um, the NBA, WNBA award for coach of the year kind of thing. So that was a, that was a complete honor. Um, Never saw that coming. (laughs) Um, So I was like, wow. And right then and there, and and it was bittersweet because I got that award when I actually had to leave the team because I took the position at Lincoln Girls School. Mm. So I I was like, oh no. Was that You'd... a full-time job for you, coaching? No, I did no. that on top of everything oh, else. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was bittersweet because, you know, here's the these bunch of girls and staff who recognized my talent for coaching and to get an award like that, like that's just... Mm-hmm. you know that's that's a great privilege um and uh then i'll be like oh well i'm going to another school and coaching against yeah. you now yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so they're like what yeah um so that that was um that was probably the biggest honor and that's what the uh, wnba was about it was getting that that award so yeah that's great well yeah. congratulations i know it's thank a you a few years short of that but yeah. uh, congratulations <laughs> okay um but yeah, I mean, my my sister grew up playing basketball, and my dad did too. They both love the sport. I'm not, mm. I'm not really into it. Like I said, I'm a baseball guy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm really curious. So throughout, you know, looking at sports from a mm-hmm. baseball mind, yeah, okay, uh, you know, you, back in the day, you had Nolan Ryan. Yep. You know, who was a beast. I think he's the greatest pitcher of all time. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, I'm sure he had arm issues. Mm-hmm. But the guy threw, I, there's reports that he threw in a minor league game over 200 pitches. Yes, and that is true. Right. And I can't help but think, why in the modern day baseball <laughs> do guys, it's like it's like a push to throw 90 pitches you know it's like whew, right. he's, he's got a lot of pitches now you know it's pushed to have guys go late in games right and the only thing i can attribute to it is all of this you know there's a stretching which is good mm-hmm. but it's the post workouts it's uh, the cool downs mm-hmm. so do you think that kids can get overworked through the cool downs on top of everything else they're doing because they do it after every single time mm-hmm. they pitch and during the warm-ups, they got these weighted balls, and they throw them and everything like that. It's like, how come back in the day, Nolan mm-hmm. Ryan can do all this? A lot of other pitchers could throw that much. And now, in the same time, we're saying, hey, we're taking better care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking after our health more. Right. 
do we not be able to go further in games? And well, working with kids um, in all different aspects, I've done softball coaching, basketball, yeah. soccer, yeah. and lacrosse, okay? Yeah. So what I found um, compared to when I played, yeah, um, it's almost like the generation of me or you, yes, we take better care of ourselves. The kids don't really do that yeah. now. Yeah. Um, everything's on the fly, right? So yep. think about it. Um, the fast foods mm-hmm. is high, right? Because one, it's cheap. Kids are going to go grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, too, is I really think it's really, really important that schools, and I know it's hard because of budgets and things like that, has somebody on staff for preconditioning mm-hmm. as well as post-conditioning. Mm-hmm. And usually one or both fall through the cracks. Yeah. And by that, I mean preconditioning sometimes may happen, may not, depending on if kids are around to do it right before the season starts. And then that's where you start to see a lot of the injuries. And then at the end, you're also noticing that, okay, they're going from one season to maybe another sport or mm-hmm. still wanting to continue the sport that they love. So say it is baseball, right? They're going to continue training all year round. Yeah. But how consistent are they doing that? Are they doing it on their own? Are they doing it with somebody that is showing them the right way to do it nowadays? And kids, it's a lot different on the atmosphere that they're growing into too. Um, where when I played sports, I ate, slept, and drank whatever sport I played, right? You probably mm-hmm. same thing with baseball. Yeah. It's very hard to find that with kids nowadays. Yeah. Um, it, it's unfortunate. It, I, I see it, but not as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. And I see it in like how much the players care about the game. Right. And it's really sad. It's like as a coach and sometimes I'm a volunteer, okay. I feel like I care more about the outcome of the game than the kids playing on the team. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> I would go crazy if I played with teammates that didn't care. Right. And and I, and I think, and I've seen that a lot. And, and sometimes, you know, it comes to where the parents, you know, the parents might think that their kids are great basketball players, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? So you're going to, you're going to play whether mm-hmm. you, whether you want to or not. So really, what is that enthusiasm going to be for that child to continue to play? They're going to do it because they're being told, right? Yep. Um, so, and with all the years of coaching, which is over 20 years in total, for me, I could probably count a handful that really had that passion. Yeah to fuel the body properly, yeah. work out properly, post, pre, and do a successful season. Yeah. Um, it is sad, um, but unfortunately, that is where we're at with it. Yeah. I'm curious to hear um, your opinion on like the mental aspect or the mental, yeah, the mental aspect, aspect sports has on a player. Okay. As a, do you think that it always represents a positive turn or because you hear that a lot, you know? Well, that's the thing. I think, um, again, with coaching and and also being a player, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of pressure on kids Mm -hmm. um, more today, I feel, than than before. Um, And I think what happens is mentally... um, the pressure does get to them with the schooling and are they a three-season athlete or even if they're not a three-season athlete, are they just focusing on that one sport that year-round and, you know, how are they going to juggle that? And I think it's really important that for me and for some students that I've worked with, I've noticed for me, if I didn't have sports, I probably would not have excelled my life to the to this point because I I didn't like school mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. I know yeah. I went to college twice. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> my mother you. would make a joke like, um, "We couldn't get you there when it was free, <laughs> but now you're going twice." Yeah. Um, when you have to pay for it, and and I think that sports or kids just being active in general keeps them focused, keeps them out of trouble, keeps mm-hmm. them off of the phones, keeps Absolutely. them off of gaming. And I think mentally every child, every 
kid should be someone active in something um, just for as they even get older. You know, mm-hmm. as we get older, we're like, oh, I played this. I did this. And, you yeah. know, I'm going to be 51 in a couple of weeks. And I get out of bed sometimes. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I was when I was 20. Yeah. You know? So it, it's it's tough. But I I wish every child would be um more active yeah involved um, with something whether it's sports or yeah boy scouts or girl scouts right. or some some being in some team group. as far as like you're in school and you have Absolutely. clubs just to kind of keep them away from all the crazy because yeah. the world is is a lot different than, than like, when we grew up when i hear like when i coach and i hear 12 year olds getting on each other for not being vaccinated or not i'm like oh, yeah. when i'm 12 I wasn't trying. I wasn't discriminating against kids my age if you're vaccinated right. or not, and that comes down from the parents. Yeah, it's just really sad. Yeah, you know, like you, like these kids should not be worrying about that. These kids no. should be worrying about working out, playing baseball, having, having fun. fun, being a kid. Like you don't right. want to put that on your kids. And that's one thing I always try to drive home, even to my son now, who's almost eighteen. Yeah, I'd be like Zach. You know, you got you have one shot yeah. to be a kid. Yeah. And it goes, it goes fast. And when we get to that teenage, we're like, oh, I can't wait to drive. I can't wait to do that. I wish I could go back, you yeah. know, because now you're in adulthood. And it, and it is a lot of pressure because um, they're peers, mm-hmm. you know. So even if I'm telling Zach, hey, be a kid, have fun. What's going on with the peers? Because he played football, you know. Uh, are the peers all strung out about COVID? Are they yeah. all strung out about I have to be the best? Are they, you know, taking it out on their teammates yeah. instead of coming together as a team? You yeah. know, and and that's one thing I always preached to my to my players was there's no I in team. Absolutely, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Absolutely, and if you lose, it better be because you gave a hundred percent because that's what life is. You want something bad enough, you have to give it everything you have. Yeah, I mean, my limited coaching experience. So I coached like a rec baseball team. Yes. And I did like fall and I coached up in Warwick at in, at a Rhode, Rhode Island Baseball Institute all winter long. I coached middle school baseball at the local middle school here. And for me, the number one thing on every team I've been a part of is respect. Yeah. A team cannot function if teammates don't respect each other mm-hmm. and if they don't respect their coaches and the coaches don't respect the team, mm-hmm. the players on the team. Cause that 100%. happens occasionally, unfortunately. Oh yeah. And that's the biggest thing I found challenging um, coaching is, you know, you'll always get that one or two player that think, you know, without me, the team's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I nip that right in the bud. You have to have respect. Yeah. And I think it's important that coaches deliver that respect um, within mm-hmm. their practices mm-hmm. because then your games will be that much better, right? Yes. And a lot of coaches won't take that time. They're more about the skills, the drills. That's it. Well, there's a lot more to winning or losing, and that's making sure that everybody Mm -hmm. has that respect for one another and obviously the respect for the coaches. Yeah, it's like, and and it's not even the players that play all the time Mm -hmm. because it has to do with the kids that don't play all the time because if they don't get along, it rubs off and and it's Mm -hmm. not a good, good thing. That happened to me. When I was in school, you know, I didn't get along with this one kid. I went up to him. I said, hey, listen, I know we didn't get along last year. Right. Let's just be teammates and work hard and just let the season go. Like, let's forget about what happened, dude. And we won the state championship that that year. And I sat the bench. He sat the bench. But didn't matter. (laughs) Right. And the thing is, I've worked with boys, um, but mostly girls. And that's a tough one Uh because a lot of drama will come into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tell them all the time, like, you don't have to like each other. Yeah. But when you walk through those gym doors... You will like each other and you will work together as a team or basically you're not going to be on this team. You look at any professional team and not one of them who has succeeded where the teams don't get along with Mm -hmm. each other right now. Like you look at the White Sox in the major leagues right now. Mm -hmm. They're arguing in the dugouts. They're saying the fans are saying fire Tony La Russa and they suck right now. Yeah. And then you look at the Red Sox. And it's like everybody's getting along. Everybody loves Alex Cora. Mm-hmm. The, the crowd's cheering. Resign Xander. <laughs> yeah. Same. Unfortunately, the same thing with the Yankees. You know, the fans are into it. They're not saying fire Aaron Boone like they did last year, or the year before that, or whatever. Right. You know, they get along. I know this is obviously the professionals, but 
why not look at them? Everybody's like, well, you can't compare yourself to a professional. It's like, Question well, you. why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. They're the best of the best. Right. Why wouldn't you want to compare yourself? And they're role models. Yeah. So that com- sometimes um, does get under my skin a bit because when you're looking at the professionals on the screen mm-hmm. and you're looking at these coaches and their behavior on the screen and then the players, mm-hmm. if you have these kids watching the disrespect, yeah. well, what, what are they going to think? They're going to yeah. be like, well, I could do the same thing. Like yeah. the professionals are doing it, you know? And I don't think that um, professional players or coaches really pay attention to that because they're in the moment, you know? Yeah. But all eyes are on you and it's Absolutely. coming from the younger generation. That's one thing that I that I'm not a huge fan of in modern sports is a sort of individual like bat flipping mm-hmm. when you hit a home run or in basketball. Unfortunately, like 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 my dad says, you know, basketball is not what it used to be. Like no. it's all about that. It's all about LeBron James. It's all about Steph Curry, and it's sad because every sport like basketball, baseball, you know, hockey, football, all of them are team sports. And Mm -hmm. I don't think hockey's gotten there. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of hockey, but you never really hear anything. You don't hear as much. Exactly. (laughs) Like you don't, you don't hear about, I mean, there's fights, but you don't really hear as much. I don't know. I'm not in the hockey sphere. So football, basketball, baseball. (laughs) Exactly. And, and that's why I like, I'd say hockey is probably like my second. And I still don't watch a lot of it. I watch baseball 90% of the time, but if I am flipping through the channels and hockey's on, maybe I'll watch it for a little bit. But I mean, I just can't stand watching basketball anymore. It just, I mean, I would much rather when my sister play, go watch my sister play. 100%. Than, than go watch the Celtics play. You well, know? it's funny because uh, you'll get feedback from different people loving to watch college. Yeah. Right? They'd well, rather that's a, watch the big college thing now. Absolutely. professional. And I'm like, well. Yeah. I understand it. Absolutely. But that's kind of a flip-flop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, um, because they care more. Yes. They're not there for a paycheck. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't like... The whole thing with the NCAA allowing players yes. to get paid now. I mean, it, it's sort of like, uh, it's sad. You know, okay, the colleges are making money off of jerseys and merchandise and of stuff course. like that. But if you really want it, if you really want to get to the next level, it's just another thing that you have to step over and forget about if you want to get to the big leagues, right. if you want to get to the NBA. If you know, like That's something that you just have to forget about if you right. really want it. And obviously not every single one of them are going to get up there. But, I mean, if you're in college sports and D1 college sports, there's a good chance that that might happen. 100%. And I I coached at St. Andrews and Barrington. Mm -hmm. um, And they're known for their basketball predominantly. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have other sports. I've coached their other sports. Um, And that is, that's one of the, a, a real great school. Um, I just actually uh, retired from coaching. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it gets a little bit owning yeah. the business. But um, the experience there was was amazing because they work with these kids academically. And they're very strong with their academics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the nice thing is a lot of these kids... Um, go on to college prep basketball there yep. for females and males. Yep. And th- they excel, and we have quite a few that have gone on to college, no problem, yeah. you know, with that talent, um, but staying humble with it as well. Yeah. Um, and now are in the NBA as well. So it's, I, I really think it's the growth and development of where that particular individual comes from, mm-hmm. and that is... 100% hands down a school that um, molds those kids to be humble, be strong and and excel 100% at what you love and these kids come in loving basketball, female or male. Yeah. Um and then they get recruited like nobody's business yeah. and it's fun to watch them. It's fun yeah. to see them grow compared to seeing the whole professional crazy going on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and as and it's just like I wish sports would just be the sport that they are you know they're trying to be all these different things whether Mm -hmm. it's whether it's just you know pandering to political ideologies or or doing all these trying to make baseball like like they want to make the sport more fun and it's flaunting the bat flips and 
breaking the unwritten rules of baseball. Now you see it with golf, with live golf. Mm -hmm. And now it's like these guys are signing these hundreds of millions of dollar contracts with with these Saudis, and they don't realize what these people have done in their lives. And it's like, so you're trying to make the game more fun, but you're also signing with people that are not good people. And then you see it's not obviously as extreme in baseball, but like, you know, they're trying to expand the sport. And at the same time, I think they're hurting it. Yeah, you just know? just do the sport. Just exactly. just stick to the grid, more yeah. or less. <laughs> yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and and um, it's sad because the AD at the local high school is leaving, mm-hmm. oh. and he and he's been a part. He's been in the program. I, I'm not sure how long, mm-hmm. but he's had some great teams on. He, we won when I was in high school. They won a basketball state championship. We won the state championship for baseball. The softball team was really good. Mm -hmm. The basketball teams were good every year. And it's uh, it's sad because he left because he realized it's life changing how difficult the job is Mm -hmm. and how much pressure is on him. And I felt bad for him because I know he loves sports and that's why he wanted to do it. Right. You know, and, and it's just sad. But um, hopefully they find somebody else that, that's as good as he and that, was. And, and I agree with that. I think the passion um, does come from the AD. Mm-hmm. And it trickles down, as it should, mm-hmm. to, to the teams. And, and that's one reason why I loved um, coaching at St. Andrews. Because yeah. uh, the AD there, um, Michael Hott, he, he was so passionate about what he does um and does continue to do and i think you know having him there has really helped mold a lot of those kids um yeah and and i think that's important because he realizes that the future does lie in their his hands because some of them like i said they go full rides to d1 and you know some are in the nba i mean mm-hmm. that's attributed to his long time service you know <laughs> Yeah. So it's hard to find something to replace that, like the AD here. So. Yeah. Um, so do you know of any players that are from Rhode Island that are in the NBA right now? Or, off the or top WNBA? Of my, off the top of my head, no. No. Okay. <laughs> well, there's there's a kid that um, was went to Classical yep. that's on the Astros now. Oh, wow. I can't remember his first name, but I know his last name is Pena. Oh. Um, shortstop yeah. replacing Carlos Correa, which is pretty interesting. That is I don't think he was born in Rhode Island. Okay, but he they, his family moved here or something, right. and uh, he was in Providence, went to classical, uh, which is really cool. I didn't know this until I was watching a game with my old coach, and he's like, "Oh, that kid's from, you know, cl- right. he went to classical." I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." But uh, it's surprising to look back on on how many kids have going on uh to pro yeah. you know some kids from hendrickson kids from st andrew yeah it's, it's well i had weird. somebody on uh f- so this place for on baseball institute uh dave stenhouse and actually this other guy john mello would and i actually <laughs> i'm like hey you related to, no. to jennifer and i was like and he says no nah, i don't think so but mello is a pretty popular yeah. last name. but um uh dave stenhouse his dad was, was from westerly mm-hmm. and he got drafted and into the MLB and pitched. He was the first, I believe he was the first rookie to start an MLB all-star game. Wow. Yeah. From Westerly. Nice. And then Dave, who was on the podcast, uh, got drafted as well. He played minor league baseball for six years. And then his brother, Mike actually made it to the bigs and played for the Red Sox. Wow. Yeah. I believe in like the late eighties, early nineties, something like that. Um, and I'm trying to get him on the podcast, uh, but we haven't really connected yet, but we're trying to get that done. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, and then I'm, I'm acquainted with, uh, Chris Iannetta. Yeah. So, uh, he's, I mean, he was, you know, played on the, the, the angels, the Rockies, the diamondbacks, um, the Mariners popped around and, uh, unfortunately his career ended during the COVID season when the Yankees decided to cut him and keep Gary Sanchez and then Gary Sanchez went on to have a horrible year and be a horrible <laughs> defensive catcher which is what he always has been. Right. And Chris was always a great defensive catcher. I take defensive catcher over offensive any day of the week. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's yeah. like one of the only positions where I would take defense over offense. 100%. You know, cuz you got to have a good catcher. <laughs> you do. <laughs> but so I'm curious, so was basketball your favorite sport to play? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was um I started playing 
in elementary. I think I was six or seven. And at the time, because it was different back then, it was boys and girls. Yeah. And I kept that trend right through um, till I get to middle school. But I also played for my church. So that was boys and girls. Yeah. Um, which, you know what, was a good thing for me because it, it taught me how to play harder. I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then middle school, obviously, high school, college, then yes, it's just girls. Um, but that's why I had fun coaching boys or coaching girls. It really didn't matter because mm-hmm. I was around it for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, basketball is definitely um, my love. But I just love coaching in general. Yeah. I love really helping kids and and seeing them succeed or trying to sport. Um, that they thought they couldn't do and realize, wow, I did pretty well with it. Yeah. And I think that's where kids misunderstand things. Um, when you have that athleticism in you, um, but basketball might be your love, you're going to be able to play another sport if you mm-hmm. give it a shot. And, yeah. I, and that's what I tried to instill at St. Andrews. And I had quite a few girls that ended up listening and doing three seasons for me. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I mean – Coaching is great. You know, you get to meet a lot of people. You get to, you know, coach the sports you love. Because I, I wanted to play uh, baseball in college, mm-hmm. but it just didn't really work out. I wanted to go to uh, University of New Haven. Oh, nice. Um, and just the price was like <laughs> astronomical. It was like fifty six grand, and then wow. they were gonna give me like like thirty. Four, right and i was like i'm still paying 32 grand a year to go to school <laughs> i don't want to be a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in, in debt. debt after four years <laughs> and you know uh yeah no thanks yeah <laughs> I, I agree with i that. love baseball but not a hundred and twenty thousand dollars <laughs> you know i get that um but and plus i'd have to walk on and try out i don't even know if i would have made the team but uh, I just love being involved in the sport because it's, in my opinion, it's the greatest game on the planet. Absolutely. I've gotten in some heated debates. I had uh, a golf podcast on. I had, two, I had two guys on. Uh, one's a weekend golfer, one who was a pro. Not like not like PGA, but he had a card and mm-hmm. he's a scratch golfer and he taught a lot of people how to play the game. Uh, and they said that golf was more difficult. And I'm like... <laughs> This, this, oh. <laughs> yeah and i was like you know there's no team i mean sure you got your caddy but i mean <laughs> like i love golf trust me i love golf right i think it's a great sport too but baseball baseball and softball are incredibly difficult you know mm-hmm. hitting a uh, round ball the round bat hurled at you at, <laughs> whether it's 100 miles an hour from 60 feet or 75 miles an hour from uh, 45 feet or whatever they pitch at right. in softball. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah, when I played, well, softball was my second fave. Yeah. Um, and I stuck really with basketball, softball in, in high school. So, um, but I was pitcher catcher. Mm-hmm. So I had the, wow. you know, I rotated. I had the best <laughs> You the wanted best the positions. hardest jobs That's on the team. right. <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah. But I just would thrive being on that mound. Yeah. Or getting somebody out coming home, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, every sport has its own uniqueness. Exactly. Um, and I think no matter what sport it is, you give that hundred percent, you're going to walk away feeling really rewarded by what you accomplished, yeah. whether it's a coach or a player. Yeah. So I've, I've always been like confused, literally mm-hmm. just confused about the softball pitching mechanics. Okay. Cause, cause you see these, like these girls that are, that are like 12 and they make it look easy. And I try and I'm like, <laughs> no chance. Well, it's definitely uh, changed a lot. Let's yeah. put that. Um, but it's just like, it's just like baseball. You know, I had a uh, rotator cuff surgery because of all the windups really? and oh yeah. But then you see, they, you see these girls go, all like they could seasons. go from the side they can go from the side too they yeah. they do some sliders yeah. and, and and it is fun to watch um yeah. but again but that comes with conditioning right mm-hmm. so um i think it's important that you know kids are working out like not just playing the game all season all year long but mm-hmm. they have to create that balance of structure with working out for it right yeah and by working out i'm not talking lifting heavy stuff like that it's really important and and this is one of the biggest things that's happening now is for students to um incorporate yoga 
Yeah. I mean, I took my girls to my gym and I did a full, you know, circuit workout with them. And then they did the yoga, like the flexibility, you know, before back in the day, it was like, we're going to lift heavy. We're going to lift hard. And that was in basketball when I played uh, for college. They were having us lift heavy weight. I mean, my legs were like thick, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, "Mm, don't I need to be a little bit more flexible? Like I just (laughs) felt like a lard, you know, Um, and they would they would design your program based on what position. But still. And now as the sports have grown, they're realizing you need the agility, you need the speed, you need the flexibility. It's not so much take Tom Brady, for example. Yeah, that's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. When he first started playing, if you look at before pitches, he was pretty thick. He had jack arms, a little more full in the face. Now he's like lean. He's faster than he's ever been. He's quicker than he's ever been. Yeah, and he's forty-five years old. Yeah. So I think um, the sport conditioning and post conditioning is changing a bit. It's really like you don't. I mean, overwork yourself which yeah. is which is something that sounds simple but i mean when you get like you get guys that lift like you said lift like crazy and mm-hmm. they overwork their bodies and you see guys retire at 40 years old mm-hmm. whereas it's like then you got like on the baseball i i'm sorry but like i'm so one sport minded but like i think oh. of rich hill yeah and okay. tim wakefield yeah you know like these guys like Tim Wakefield pits until he was like 44. 100%. And Rich Hill's getting up there and he's like 42. And he's like, you can tell like he's a lanky guy. Like right. he's he's probably not jacked. No. But he gets up there and he, and he this season for a 42-year-old guy, he's dominated on the bump, you know? Right. And, 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 and Tim Wakefield did the same thing until he retired. And you got to think about that, you know, especially when I was a pitcher, um, you know, the leanness. Mm. You know, if you're bulky or like stocky, it's mm. going to be hard to like whip that ball yeah. around or come you up over and throw the... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that's catching on a little bit more now than it ever did back yeah. then. Why do you think? Is it just because of the advances in medicine? I think, and- yes. I think um, a lot of people <clears throat> in the medicine aspect and the nutrition aspect is really paying attention to, okay... You know, why are, you know, why are fast twitch fibers and slow twitch fibers running this way? You know, mm-hmm. how is this pu- person feeling the body? And that's the other thing. Feeling the body for whatever you do, whether it's bodybuilding, working out, playing softball, basketball, baseball. If you're not fueling properly for that specific thing, it's going to make a whole different change on how you, again, I'll go right back to Tom Brady, mm-hmm. how he fuels his body is why he's one of the greatest, right? Yeah. How some of the baseball players view their body, that's why they're the greatest, right? Yep. And they're still killing it at 42, 44 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what you put in is what you're going to get out, Yeah. period. You are what you eat. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So um, that, that's been shown, and you know, I keep going back to Brady, but he's a fine example of that. Yeah. So, yeah, great conversation. I think I want to flip it over a little bit. Sure. So I want to read the um sort of description you have of bia fitness uh slash journey within that you have here on your resume yep that was before yep okay so well is that what bia fitness is was before and journey yep within that was now? my uh bia fitness was my first gym that i had for 14 years okay. before i moved and um i actually at that when i decided to close the doors um i It was a point where I was just like, I thought I was done with the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And clearly I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) And I came back and opened up another business. Yeah. So it says 1992 through present. Um, Yeah. So still present as far as working, um, owning my own business. So it says uh, personal training business. We've gone over that. Designing exercise and nutrition programs for uh, clientele needs. Overseeing fitness and personal training development Hiring, payroll, organizing, employee schedule, developing monthly goals, train new staff, and design and implement fitness programs. So so you do much more than just one-on-one training. 100%. So, I mean, I'd love to hear you explain a little bit more into that last part of the explanation. Okay. So basically, um, I opened up BIA Fitness um, in in the 90s. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, 2000 one i think okay it's, uh, everything's a blur um <laughs> age catching up but anyway. well, that's the year i was born was 2001 oh jesus thanks 
<laughs> That's awesome. Now I feel better. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, so I opened it up, and it, and it was funny how it opened up. I took a, a group. I was doing all outdoor things. Yeah. Um, and then I just took a group of people to do a cancer walk. And I'm like, you know, this because I had my own in home training business. Mm-hmm. So I started that. I was training people in their homes, Newport, Providence, all, all over the place mm-hmm. um, while I was teaching. So one of the ladies went by and saw a for rent sign and she's like, oh, I found this building. And I'm like, oh, geez. I was like, I was kidding because <laughs> I was like, I didn't really think I wanted to open up. Yeah. I was just throwing it out there. Long story short, I opened it up. It lasted 14 years. Wow. Um. And the reason I got out of it was owning a gym is, is very stressful. And like I said earlier on, I love helping people, mm-hmm. but I don't like all that stuff you just read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Implementing, you know, payroll and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. It's just, it's, I'm not a paper pusher. Yeah. I have to go, you know? Yep. Um, and I think it, so I got burnt out and I had some medical issues and I had an emergency surgery. Um, so I ended up closing the doors um but from that i went into real estate for a little bit oh really yeah and i was like i'll do real estate so i worked for linear uh title and closing and yeah no (laughs) i'm like i gotta get back at the gym yeah (laughs) there you go that's interesting (laughs) yeah so i was like nope i missed my gym and then i opened up um infinity fitness well that's great because that was sort of like a placeholder and i mean the fact that you made it 14 years having to run a business like a lot of people if they're gonna get burnt out it's a lot earlier than that i think right so i'm I'm curious to hear like when you first started your business and i asked this to a lot of business owners what was the most effective marketing strategy for you to help build your business believe it or not i built up fast by referral yeah, like word of mouth. Word of mouth. I Amen. didn't do a lot of advertising. Yep. It was word of mouth. And location is key. You know, I was in a big plaza. On where what, a, on where a, was uh, it? Right on Warwick Avenue. Okay. Um, On a on a big strip, yep. you know, so cars drive by. They're going to see the place. Yep. Um, but, you know, it it was when you're a business owner, you're, you're going to rise. You're going to fall. Absolutely. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make great things happen. And you're going to make a lot of people mad, right? <laughs> and then you're going to make a lot of people happy. So I think my demise with other than becoming ill was I like to make people happy too much. So I think I put more of the stress on myself. Yeah. And I really think now looking back and I obviously opened up another one. Um, I realized the mistakes I made, you know, um, and I just switched it all this time and a lot less stressed. Yeah. Like you can't be good at something and not make mistakes. No. In order to, to learn and be good at things, you have to make mistakes. Right. You know, like that same thing in sports. Sports and life are two of the same thing. 100%. You, you succeed and you fail and you fail more than you'll succeed. Right. But the succeeding is what makes you want to keep going. Right. You know, it's like, it's just like golf. It's that one shot that you hit every round. That's mm-hmm. pure and it just makes you feel great. And then you want to go spend a thousand bucks on a new set of clubs, $50 on a dozen golf balls and a hundred bucks on a round of golf, you know, 100%. <laughs> and, and I, and I think too, you know, you got to get that thick skin Yeah. and, and care, but not care so much. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, you have and, to care enough where you take it and learn from it. Yes. And I, I think people, you know, they don't understand how hard it is to own your own business. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, because they get their paycheck every week. So we get paid when we get paid. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and there's so much more behind the scenes um, to owning a business yes. um, that when a person walks into your business, they just see what they see there. They don't see how really complicated it actually can be um, and how stressful it actually can be. Um, But I was fortunate, you know, I did close that location down, but, you know, I had the majority, probably 80% follow me to the new location. That's awesome. They've been with me 12, 14 years or more. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, yeah, having your own business is not easy. Every business owner who's came on has talked about that. I've had... People like you on the mm-hmm. in the fitness side, all the way to people who um, own a uh, Oatly home, like he helps people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, he has like like 
things like that. Nice. Oakley Home Access mm-hmm. is the name of it. So like a bunch of different business owners. I had a guy that owns a golf course on, lawyers, and every single one of them, people don't realize how difficult it is. People think you start your own business and it's successful, you're going to have all this money. They don't oh, think yeah, about they, they don't think about overhead, insurance, <laughs> you know, everything to like Wi-Fi and you I think if people thought of running your own business mm-hmm. as life. Right. Okay? You have a house. I have rent at right. my business. Okay? You get income. I get income. Right. You spend it on your mortgage. I spend it on my rent. <laughs> yeah. You spend it on Wi-Fi. I spend it on Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know, like it's it's very similar. You know, think about your life as your as a business. Well, that's what I tell everybody. Like for me just to get away yeah. for a week. Yeah. I'm taking care of my home because yeah. I own my own house. And then my business is like your own home. Yeah. And what people don't realize is, okay, whatever you're spending for your house, yeah, right, just to live in your house, yeah, yep. take those bills, but now add about, I don't know, another seven, yeah. like payroll tax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then gosh. you'll see that there's a lot more, you know. So that's why sometimes I laugh when, you know, people gym shop, you know, mm. and, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I think you're a little expensive. I'm going to keep trying. I'm like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then that, all that of a $3? sudden, they're coming back through the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that $3 that, that I charge more, yeah, yeah. That, that goes a and long way. And they're like, wow, you're, you're, you're actually cheap compared to the other ones. I'm like, I told you, but, yeah. you know, you got to find out yourself. So. You get what you pay for. And yeah, yeah people, people think, like, it's so funny. I get emails. People are expecting me to do jobs for Twenty five dollars. Oh jeez. It's like it's like listen, I I have a minimum. I, I don't do things for free. Yeah. And like and the thing about three D printing is like people look for a lot of custom jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll send what they want to me. Right. And I'm like, okay, I print it, I make the part, I send it out to them, I say, This is what isn't what I ask. I said it's they're supposed to, it's supposed to be this dimension and there was a problem with the file on their end, they sent sent it right. to me. I printed it and they think it's my fault. Of course. And I'm like, and me a year ago probably would have been like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I agree with that. And now me is like, nah, man, like, <laughs> like this isn't how it's going to work. I'm not going to go spend another 20 bucks on shipping, you know, packaging costs and have to sit there and it's a high detail print. So it's a pain in the butt to do right. and do it all over again because you sent me the wrong size file. That's not my fault. Right. And, and I said, there is like, there is a exception to that. Like, so it's kind of, I'm getting into a lot of detail here, but in 3d printing, so you have this file called an STL file right? and it's a 3d file, right? So you look at it on your computer, you can move it around, you can see all angles of it. It's a 3d object. Okay. Okay. And sometimes when you transfer those files, the scaling gets off. So let's say I have this pen, right? It's six inches long let's say okay and he sends me the file and it gets shrinked down to three inches Hmm. okay and i say he's like hey can you give me a quote for this file i'm like okay sure so he sends me the file i quote it out as a three inch pen even though in his head he thinks he's getting a quote for a six inch pen um i'm like and i send it to him i send he gets a party he says hey this is supposed to be six inches you know i'm like uh well you didn't, the scaling was off, dude. Like, this isn't my fault. I just right. printed what you told me to do. If, if, so sometimes there can be a transfer from inches to millimeters. Oh, okay. Right. So if it was, if I printed something that was six in, uh, millimeters long, yep. it was supposed to be six inches, <laughs> then I'd be like, ah, okay, that's my fault. But right. it wasn't, this, it was three, it wasn't the same mm. number. I, so yeah. you, you give, I'm, I know yeah, it's kind of niche, but like, no, I do like what you're saying. Like, people think that they, anyways, getting back to my point. People think they want that you get things for free, and it, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you have a business, you have all these customers, you know, mm-hmm. you, what's it cost you for one customer? I said more than you think. You could probably put me out of business, not not like one customer, well, but right. like in small you businesses, know? that's that's the fragility of yes. it all, you know. Like I got a guy that left me a one star review that didn't even buy anything from me. It's like, <laughs> and that can hurt your business, unless, yes, you know, and that and that's the thing. I think. There's customer service. Yeah. And there's customer service. Yeah. You know, and by that I mean I always try to put myself as a consumer mm-hmm. because if I'm paying money for something, I know what I'm looking for. On the flip side of that being said, if I'm wrong, yeah. then I'm going to own it and I will definitely follow through with that. 
But if I'm right, why should I say I'm wrong? Yeah, exactly. You know, I know everybody's like, well, customer service first to a certain extent. Um, and again, I think it's like you said, they don't, a lot of people don't understand behind the scenes. They walk in, everything looks rosy, right? Yeah. Wow, she's got lots of members and things are busy and she's always training and she's got to be making a lot of money. So why do I have to pay this per month? Well, because I got to pay bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think, so I'm a big, I love Steve Jobs. He's, okay. he's one yes. of my business idols. And I watched the movie with Michael Fassbender, and I love that movie. I, I like try to dissect it and think about the dialogue in it, what he's saying. And he's, there is this one very obvious line in the movie. He goes, the, the person who came up with the saying, the customer is always right, was most definitely a customer. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Well said. <laughs> and and um, yeah, I think that that's a 1000% true. And mm-hmm. you have to have respect for your customers. They keep you in business. But occasionally you'll get that one person who thinks they're right when they're not right. Think they know 3D printing better than me, who's done it for a living for a little of bit here. And it's like, you know, you just got to deal with it and move on and get to the next one because there are so many other great customers out there mm-hmm. who will respect you and will understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And those kind of customers you, you, you don't want anyway, right? Yeah. Because all that's going to bring is that negative energy yeah. into your place. So if that person is negative, um, they're going to try to feed on others. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing I strive for. I don't, you know, I'm not that, we're a gym boutique kind of thing, right? Yeah. I'm not a Planet Fitness or anything big like that. Yeah. So um, I strive to make sure people are happy. It's, yeah. it's one thing that I love to do. However, that being said, right is right too, yeah. you know? So how many employees do you have? I have uh, 10 employees. Okay. So uh, something else I like to ask yeah. entrepreneurs and business owners that come on here is, what do you what do you look for in an employee? What what do you and also what do you incentivize to make them want to work for you? So basically, with the employees, um, and it, one of my things is because of the dynamics of my gym, you know, I need somebody that is versatile, and by that I mean I have young to. 80 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't just have a trainer come in or an instructor come in and be like, oh, I'm going to train everybody the same. You can't. That's what I call a cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be known for that. I want the programs to be different, unique, and and, and integrated in a point where anybody can come in, take that class, doesn't matter on your age, and you could still work out with that group. Yeah. So that has been the tricky thing to find. But fortunately, I have found amazing instructors um, that I give them incentives. Basically, they I pay them a little higher than most gyms will. Um, but I also do commission-based. So oh, bringing people in. That's interesting. Yeah, so okay. that's their incentive. They get from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. We total it up. They get a percentage back into their pocket. Do other gyms do that or...? Probably not. I've okay. been I've been told I'm crazy, but um, yeah. that's that's one of the things that I learned from Bally's when I was a management for them. Um, because as a trainer, then they started bringing me up the corporate ladder, and I was running a mm-hmm. lot of um, gyms for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so incentives will always keep the good employees, right? So we could get bonuses. So you get a bonus tier. So basically you get a percentage of what they brought into the gym. And that could be anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. we do massages there. We do classes. We do training, nutrition. Um, So we do group trainings. So it could be anything. Whatever they bring in or whoever they refer and they buy, it goes right down on their name. Total it up at the end of the month. Give them yeah. that percentage back, and and it, and it keeps them happy. Absolutely, I mean, I and I've also heard business owners on the other end of the spectrum say, "Oh, I can't find good help." And then you dissect, so it can't be like if he's losing, if they're losing this many people, mm-hmm. it can't be like like w- one thing. And it no. it turns out they pay crap, they don't offer any mm-hmm. benefits, they don't get any days off, and you can't expect good employees to stay if you don't offer those. No, those and I think COVID was tough. Yeah. You know, biz, the gyms got to shut down twice. Yeah. Um, and and the thing with the employees, and, and it's just like coaching, you have to have respect for them. You know, and, and, and I'm that kind of owner that, yes, I've been doing this 27 years. However, that being said, I'm learning off of my trainers, and I'm okay with that. Like, they'll come in with something new and creative and innovative. 
perfect. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. Or if they come to me and say, hey, why don't we try this or why don't we try that? I'm totally open to it with some business owners in gyms specifically, I can, you know, say, get offense to that because they're like, do they know how long I've been doing this? You have to learn off of your team. Yeah. And I Absolutely. think it makes a better business owner, and I think it makes a better employee. Yeah, that's part of the reason why. So I interned at another 3D printing company for about right. a year in Quonset. And I'm like, these businesses already exist. Instead of me trying to figure it out on my own, why don't I get go great, meet some I worked with some great people for a year mm-hmm. and I learned so much about the industry. Like why reinvent the wheel when there's already people that have these new ideas that can teach you more mm-hmm. about it. You know, you might think that you know everything and then mm-hmm. you go in there and you realize, holy crap, I actually knew nothing. Right. You know, and it's it's like that realization where you're like, oh, okay. 100%. You know, like <laughs> it's it's hard to, re- to explain that feeling, but you right. get it and you're like, I'm kind of an idiot. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I feel that way all the time. Like when I won championships or I got coach of the year, I didn't yeah. get that by myself. I got that because my team was good, right? Yeah. Just like my business. 27 years later, I didn't get here because I'm the best of the best. I got here because I had a good team that helped me be the best Absolutely. of the best. You know, so. A coach that takes, uh, you know, a coach that says that they won the state championship because of their coaching is not a good coach at all. Exactly. And, and that's why you never really see coaches say that because – those coaches wouldn't be able to get to the position of like Absolutely championship not. if they thought like that. I'm not out there playing. Yeah. I'm educating them yep. and I'm helping them, yep. but it's all them. It's, yep. it's what they produce on that field or that court. I tell some of the, the players that I've coached uh, or most of them, I could sit here and teach you everything I know about the game of baseball, mm-hmm. but ultimately whether or not you improve or not is up to you. Right. I could be, Joe Torrey, one of the greatest baseball minds, Joe Madden, and it's still ultimately up to you. Yeah. And at some else I heard one of my old coaches say about coaching again is like, you could put Joe Torrey on an AAU baseball team for 14-year-old kids, and parents would still have issues of how he's coaching. <laughs> 100%. The parents are the tough ones. It's yeah. not so much the kids anymore. Yeah. You know? I just thought that was so funny. He said that, and I'm like, wow, that could not be more true. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I really appreciate you coming out, uh, driving all the way down here and coming on the podcast. And I like to end – the podcast with this one question to every single person I have on. If you could leave the listeners with one piece of advice, whether it's about business or life, what would it be? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And, and I, cause I guess so many people on here with so many different backgrounds and uh, I'd love to hear their, you know, their advice. Well, I think I'm going to say, you know, basically, where I am now, right? So failing, mm-hmm. because I have, and then rising again um, with Infinity Fitness, um, I think everybody needs to know that whatever you want, if you want it bad enough, you need to set your mind to that, and that failing is okay. And being successful is okay. And I and again, like I was saying about the kids and, and um, you know, my staffing, you know, my business now is just, you know, from, from closing BIA to open Infinity Fitness, now I'm, you know, I have a whole new food line coming up. Okay. Um, Dottie's Delights, which was named in, in memory of my gram because we share the same birthday. And I have a great girl behind that. Uh, her name's Laureen, and she does a great job with that. I think it comes down to the team, the team at Infinity Fitness, and the team I have for um, Dottie's Delights. I think people helping each other and realizing your worth when you're low makes a big difference on how you become back up high. Um, and I think everybody should never quit if it's something you truly, truly know 
you belong at what you want to do. So mm-hmm. for example, yeah, I left BIA Fitness and closed the doors and went into a different career I thought was going to be great, right? To only realize my love, my passion was a trainer, was a gym owner, and was helping people. But I only got there because my family believed in me, my team believed in me, and people that I have now, that team, that 10, is bringing my business to a whole different level. And I think it's important that everybody knows that it's okay to ask for help. And I think that was my biggest failure. I didn't know how to ask for help. So it's okay to ask for help if you need it. So I would probably leave people with that because that's one of the biggest things with business owners. We don't want to ask for help. We want to feel like we could do it all and make everything happen. And guess what? You know, Hannah was the one that reached out to you, right? Mm-hmm. My 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 manager and yoga instructor. And I wouldn't be here today if I didn't say, hey, Hannah, I need some help getting here, there, and everywhere. And she did it. She made it happen. So I think it, that's the biggest thing. Let people know that, you know, it's okay to ask for help, whether you're a business owner or just an average Joe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to fail because you fail. That just makes you stronger. Yeah. Well, great advice. I really appreciate Thank you sharing you. that. Um, so, yeah, if you want to give, like, a plug to your businesses and say where the, your business, you know, where they are, where yeah. it is. Yeah, and- so Infinity uh, Fitness is um, on 1201 Post Road in okay. Warwick. Okay. Um, Daddy's Delights is getting ready to launch, and that's where um, you'll be able to buy things soon from there for grab-and-goes, like um, All Organic and... Um, gluten-free products from muffins to salads to homemade meals. Um, so I'm really excited about that because, like I said, it has it pertains to my gram and yep. something that she taught me how to do. And yep. I took it on to let Laureen take it over, and she's doing a, a great job with getting things in place so we can do so. So we'll have some of that there soon that will be announced. Um, so, yeah, that's where... Um, and then Infinity uh, Wellness is in the same building, and that's where we offer the massage, the yoga, Reiki, and all the holistic end of it. So Very it's cool. a pretty nice one-stop shop kind yeah. of thing. And are you on social media at all, too? Yes. We're on Instagram, okay. uh, Facebook, and then obviously our website. Very cool. Well, yeah, yeah this has been an amazing conversation. Thank I, you. Honestly, I really appreciate you coming on, reaching out to me. Um yeah, so this has been great. Uh, everybody, I really appreciate you uh, listening, tuning into the podcast today. Make sure to follow Knowledge is Power on Instagram. Check us out on Patreon, too, if you want to support the podcast. Uh, choose a subscription base there. You can get some exclusive content, ad-free content, uh, and some other cool stuff. You know, you can uh, talk to other people who listen to the podcast as well. So thank you again. I can't thank, thank you, you so enough. Much. Yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and I'll catch you in the next one.